Morning, everyone. Um, as Simon has already said, we are continuing our series on spheres. And this morning, I'm going to be looking at the sphere. I've called it public life because it's incorporating government, law, um, and other public services. And um, when prepping for this morning, I was there were so many different things that we could have touched upon. But something that I really felt God wanted us to look at this morning was God's heart for justice. Um, it's quite a big topic, um, so if you've got any questions at the end, I'd love to chat to you. But I really wanted an opportunity to explore that with you all this morning. So, firstly, where do we even begin? I don't know if you know this. If you know this, I didn't before prepping for this morning. Going to be completely transparent, but a praying mantis. It's quite common for them to consume their mate. I mean, it's quite a helpful way to solve an argument, right? Um, alternatively, pandas, if they have twins, will leave one and just focus on the other. Now, if we were to translate this into human living, I think all of us would be pretty abhorrent by that, wouldn't we? We'd be absolutely mortified. It would be unjust. It would be completely wrong. Another thing that you kind of consider, if you look as toddlers, when they have a moment whereby a toy is taken from them before they've had an opportunity to play with it, or when they think someone has had more chocolate buttons than the other one, they may not have the words to tell you that that's unjust or unfair, but their actions certainly do. Whether that's a tantrum on the floor, a cry, or whatever it would link to, so there's this understanding within us about a sense of what is just and what isn't. What I want you to do this morning is I want you to go back to a memory for yourself. Maybe it's a time when you felt like something was really unjust, something that was done against you or something that you saw. Maybe even more than that, something that you've actively participated in that you think, oh, I really shouldn't have done that. I really wish I hadn't. That's not, that's not me. And I think it's really important that we have a kind of an idea in our own minds as we go through this morning, what is justice? Now, before we, God has an answer to that question. <laughs> That's kind of, you know, a, a given. And it's, if we look in the Bible, if we look at the beginning, it's about who he called you to be. This morning, we're looking at your identity, ultimately. Because we were set apart. You were set apart by God. You are made in his image. You are equal and amongst one another. He is delighted by you. And we have this opportunity in our God-given identity to really grasp the concept of who we are that leads to an understanding of justice. Now, that's not to say that we are all the same. God created you with a personality. He created you with giftings. He created you with a purpose that only you can achieve. But we were meant to do that in family, in community, amongst one another. And, and we were meant to do that as equals. Now, God is the one who sets what is right and what is wrong. We are his representatives and we are called to be people on the earth who, in, who bring that to others. And we're meant to do that in, our, in this kind of three-pronged approach. We have a desire for justice, as we've kind of shown this morning with those um, kind of looking at the toddler example. We have an understanding of who we are 
and then also our understanding of what God says is right and wrong. So what's the problem? That sounds perfect, right? Where does all the injustice come from? And the problem is, is that we have our, what we do, whether that's in a societal form, whether that's in family or individually, is we define what is good and what is evil for our own advantage. So we corrupt it, we change it, we make it something that it isn't, and out of that comes the problems that we see. Now this is something that the Old Testament is full of. There is moments within that of families and cultures and societies changing what is right and what is wrong in the eyes of God for their own benefit. And so God brought along Abraham. He set up a new family and he said to him, I want you to teach on righteousness and justice. And when I was looking into this, I was like, I think I have a sense of what righteousness and justice is. But it feels like quite a, like a Christian word. We throw it around a lot and we look at it, but what does it actually mean? Now I'm going to try some Hebrew for anyone who knows. It's not normally my um, strong point, but righteousness is setakar in Hebrew, and it means right relationship with each other. And it's talking about it on an identity level. It's right relationship between you and I. It's not. It's meant to be something that is personal and relationally driven. Equally, justice, which is meshaput, I'm not 100% sure on that pronunciation either, um, is understood to be both retributive, so you do something wrong, the consequence of that is this, and restorative, and that is about lifting that person up. That's about bringing them back into that right relationship, returning to that equality and that integrity that needs to be present amongst us. Now, Restorative um, justice is really fascinating. Um, I was really lucky a few years ago to spend some time in Rwanda. And some of you may remember or may be aware that in the 90s there was a genocide in Rwanda. And at the end of the genocide, there was um, so many people involved. It was catastrophic in terms of the cultural impact that it would have taken decades for them to have gone through any justice process that we might understand in terms of a retributive trial prison. So what they held was what were called gagachas, and it was literally meant under the tree. And where appropriate, a elder would pull together a group of people and they would discuss and they would amend and they would work through the problems that had happened. And this was, you know, I met a lady who, under the Gagacha process, had addressed the person that had killed her child. It wasn't a case of this being, um, these were really serious moments. Now, Rwanda, and not to simplify it because it's been obviously quite complex, but the level of cultural healing seen, the impact of justice implemented in such a way has transformed a culture. It's transformed a society. And so as we look at this form of biblical justice, restorative justice, we can apply it to the sphere that we're looking at today. God's heart for justice cries out. God wants justice on earth. He wants restored um, justice. He also wants us to 
see each other as one, as equals, with the integrity that we deserve as his image bearers, with the responsibility that we have to represent him on earth. Now, that is obviously massive, and it's interesting to just kind of look back at the, what we were talking about earlier in terms of your own acts of injustice, because with injustice comes forgiveness. And as part of all of this process and looking into what it is to impact on a cultural level and then on a societal level is all about how we are changing and influencing the sphere of government, politics, law for his kingdom to see God's kingdom come and his will be done through his cry for justice. Now, in Psalm 146, verse 6 to 7, I'm going to switch sides, it says, The Lord God upholds justice for the oppressed and, gr- and gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoner free. He loves the righteous, but he thwarts the ways of the wicked. So what does wicked really mean? Back in my day, it meant cool. Apparently not anymore. Um, So now we look at it and it means someone who is not doing good. It's someone who does things that are bad. And it talks about putting people down. It talks about how we are changing and reducing someone's identity. And actually, what the Lord is saying and what he's talking about at this point is dignity. If we're going to look at what it is to love people with dignity, we need to have an understanding of what it is to be the oppressor, to be the wicked. Now, in the Old Testament, we see the whole way through God continually taking the Israelites out of oppression. We also see the prophets warning them about becoming the oppressors. And actually, as we look through and focus on governments and we look at our own impact, it's really important. Now, I'm a lawyer, so I see how the law can directly impact on the ways in which justice is enacted in our country. And so some of you who may work in other sectors may be thinking, phew, not about me today. <laughs> but, I, but justice is part of every person's responsibility. It's part of each one of us's walk. It's part of the way in which we lead. And it ultimately impacts on every aspect of our journey. Now, you have an opportunity as you engage in understanding God's heart for justice to impact your family to impact your community, to impact this church community, and ultimately to impact the culture. The people who get an opportunity to make decisions, the people who get an opportunity to input into public life, for those who get to um, work as public servants, they get an opportunity to see that in action, to actually change the atmosphere as believers, to actually step forth into all that God is doing and all that God has done. Ultimately, the biblical story is a response to a legacy of injustice. Ultimately, Jesus came completely right and completely just, and he died for the guilty. 
God declared that he was righteous. And for all of us who accept him and for all of us that engage with him as Lord and Saviour, we receive his righteousness. We become in right relationship with God. Hi. And ultimately, we walk in our new identities. We, some may refer to it as born again. It's that sense of coming to understand who God created you to be. It's that understanding of being able to look and work with God for all that he's asking you to do. It goes back to what we started with in terms of who we are in him. Now, as we, as believers, if you've accepted Jesus, then part of that is the promise of the Holy Spirit. And that's power. So when we look at this big problem, we look at the things going on around us, it's really easy to think this is very overwhelming. I understand that there's injustices, but what can I do? And there's an assurance in our faith that through the Holy Spirit, through understanding that we have been given, a, we have been given righteousness, there is a pursuit to be able to go after that for others. And I think that it causes not, not us, for us just to sit back, but for actions to be taken, whether they are for prayers to be prayed for our leaders, whether they are for us to come alongside local government, whether it's for us to pray for those that are around us who are working in difficult circumstances, whether it's to see all areas changed. And I think that it's important to say it's not just public life that affects human rights. It's not to say that human rights are wrong. I think, obviously, they're amazing. But there are commercial areas of law. There's corporate areas of law. There are air policemen. Um, there are firemen. There are people. And there are ongoing public duties which cry out for the heart of God's justice in them. And they're not necessarily as obvious as those who are seeking, say, criminal justice. It's really important that we get an opportunity to look at a proactive approach. Restorative justice is a proactive sort, a, a proactive approach to go out to reach those who are oppressed, to go out to them, to stand with them. And we have an opportunity, whether that's directly in the sphere that we're involved in, or to be, come alongside those who are doing that, to act as a prayer warrior force, if you like, to see all of those things come into fruition. It's a way in which we get an opportunity to serve God and to serve our um, fellow people in terms that are going to actually see change. And I want to encourage you this morning to just take time to focus through and to actually understand what it is that you feel passionate about. What is it that you feel is God is speaking to you through and in? Is there an area of politics? Is there an area of local life? Is there something that you are doing that you feel God has asked you to stand for? Because, for example, I am in the sphere of public life as a lawyer. I feel really passionate about seeing um, God's heart for justice in the areas that I do. I pray when I do a case, Lord, let your justice come in this. Let there be justice in this as much as anything, Father. And I think that it's understanding the heart behind what we are able to achieve when we partner with him. Um, 
and I think in terms of living from our own identities, it brings it all back to the beginning, back to what God has called you to and back to who you are. And we get the opportunity to partner with him when we identify our passions, when we identify who we are, and when we stand firm on who on firm on what God says is good and evil. And that's really hard because we as as humans have our own view on what is right and what is wrong. And I think we need to look at what does the Bible say? If God's word is true, what does God say about right and wrong? And I think it's easy to seek to change it or adapt it or water it down or make it more tolerable or make it easier to digest. And we need to be able to objectively look and say, and I'm not advising to not have affiliations to political parties before anyone gets panicked, but we need to look and say, actually, what does the word of God say on this? What does the word say about this? What are you asking me to do? What is your heart behind this? Whether that's a right-wing policy, a left-wing policy, a middle-ground policy, what does that look like? And being firm not to stand on the side of religious and religiosity, but also not to brandish anything under a term of love, because God's love and God's justice work in partnership and work in hand in hand. And all of this comes together when we stand with one another, when we stand in community, when we support each other. And ultimately, those that get the opportunity amongst us, and in a broader sense, in terms of those that are believers, to make decisions, to actually have the opportunity to impact directly on the decision-making around cultural change, they are standing on the shoulders of our prayers. They are standing on the shoulders of our encouragement. They are standing on the shoulders of who we are choosing to be in light of who God said we are. And so as we make the decisions on a family level and on a local level to act and to, to seek God's justice, we ultimately see culture change. We bring the kingdom of God to earth and we bring with it all of his goodness. And we also have the opportunity to see the spiritual atmospheres change and see decisions changed. And whilst that seems like a big dream and a maybe and a hope in a world where every single day we're being told how difficult and how challenging everything is, we have a God that has made promises to us And we have a God that will never leave and never forsake us. And wisdom is actively given to those who seek it. So this morning, I want to encourage you to actively seek God's wisdom as you continue to seek and understand who you are. And as we progress into all that he has asked us to do. And it takes courage. It takes significant courage to love our neighbor in that way. Um, And it's loving our neighbour, fueled by Micah 6, verse 7, which I'm going to read. God has told you, humans, what is good, and that's to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. And that's what I want to kind of leave us with this morning, is the opportunity to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God.